become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Matthew McConaughey fled across the desert and Idris Elba followed. You're listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Welcome to another Entertainment Landfill News. I am your host, the Jaystrom. I have been sick all week and it sucks, but I think I'm getting better now. I've just got the cough part, but hopefully I'm going to try to make it through the whole show without coughing. Let's see if I can do it. Welcome everyone to the Landfill, the place where we talk about film, television, and pop culture. And I do it not alone. You know, I'm not solo. I'm here with multiple people. Uh, we have here Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. We have him regularly. You know, we all know him. Let's uh, hear from him. And I set that up well, didn't I? He's not here, everyone. He's stuck in traffic. But we have Mulberry Bill, the Mulberry Historian. How's it going, Bill? Hey, it's going. hey And we also have special guest Adam Sexton. Hello, Adam. Good to hear from you, Adam. <laughs> Someone had their mute on. <laughs> I was told to have my mute on. Yes, oh. it's it's a rookie. See, mistake. I just do it by automatic reflex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, welcome to the show, Adam, Bill. Thank you, guys, for being here. Where we talk about uh, self-indulgent crap. Am I right? Huh? Nothing important. Nothing. That's the best kind of crap. Important. Well, this is why I hate you every month. I mean, yes. <laughs> this is the best thing to talk about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I pay you for every month. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Cha-ching. You know? Um, but I, I want my $2 worth. That's your tea. Ah, yes. Thank you, Mr. T. Uh, guys, do I, do I sound normal or does my voice sound like I've been getting over something? Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh-oh. The shit show has begun. Natalie <laughs> arrived home. Uh-oh. Uh, 
I'm sure August it'll be fine. August will calm down here in a second. Yes, Jason, you sound fine to me. Okay, good. That's good to know. <laughs> Steven will be here shortly, guys. I know you guys are really worried about him, but uh, I'm sure he'll roll along here uh, shortly, right? Hopefully. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> how's, it, how's it been going, Bill? It's good. It, it's good. Um, it's been a it's been a nice week, you know. It's uh, I no longer have Friday classes now. I'm done with that. Got out of that class with a ninety six percent. So nice. I was very very happy nice. about that. And uh, so now I have Thursdays and Fridays free. Excellent, sir. I vote yes. <laughs> How have you been doing, Adam Sexton? Oh, very busy, but uh, still kicking. Just uh. Just nothing but work, pretty much for the most part. Um, nice. Very exciting, guys. So when you're going about your school or work and then you see news like <laughs> today that came out, do you get excited? I know that I do at any kind of Star Wars news. I just wanted to bring this up right away because this news just came out, which is Donald Glover will play the young Lando in the young Han Solo Star Wars movie. That's right. Uh, let me read this annoying story the way they write it. This but is, is he appearing as the childish Yambino? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the childish Lando. Lambino. Uh, this is not a drill, people, and it's not a rumor either. The official Star Wars website has revealed... Wasn't it also... Uh, let me just interject here. How nice was it just to see the Star Wars website release the story instead of people speculate for a while? Oh, did they? I didn't see that. I just saw it immediately on the Hollywood Reporter. Nobody knew anything about it till Star Wars website just put it up, and they're like, oh, okay. They revealed that Glover has joined the cast of the untitled Han Solo spinoff in which he'll play young Lando. Part of the Star Wars Story Anthology series, the new spinoff is being directed by, we already know, guys. Who's going to direct it, Bill? Uh, is it Phil Lord and Chris Miller? Ding, ding, ding! And based on a screenplay by Adam Sexton, who's writing the screenplay? I don't remember. Lawrence Kasdan and his <laughs> and son John. John. Yeah, come yeah. on, Adam. Although plot details are mostly unknown, we do know that the Han Solo movie will center on the iconic hero in his early years. Yeah, we do know that. And will include his BFF and co-pilot, Chewbacca. Chewbacca is actually from the planet Shiriwook, right, Bill? Uh, no, wait, they speak he Shiri Wook. speaks Shiriwook. They're from Kashyyyk. He's from Kashyyyk. <laughs> That's right. Lucasfilm offered the des description of... I'm surprised they didn't say that. Chewbacca, by the way, from the planet uh, uh, Kashyyyk, and speaks the native language of Shiriwook. Uh, Lucasfilm offered this description of Glover's role. The new film depicts Lando in his formative years as a scoundrel on the rise in the galaxy's underworld. Years before the events involving Han, Leia, and Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back, and his rise to rebel hero in Return of the Jedi. The, the film is also seeking a female lead with a love interest, as a love interest for Han. Uh, Zoe Kravitz and Tessa Thompson are reportedly in the running, but uh, I'm sure we'll find that out soon. Very exciting. I know nothing about, you know, I, I like not knowing anything about this movie and what time period it is in, uh, when exactly Han and Lando will play that game of, what is it called, Bill? Sabak? Sabak? Sabak, yeah. Sabak and lose 
he'll you know he's eventually got to lose the falcon to han in a game of sabacc how cool would it be if that's in this movie it's gotta be right it's gotta be it's gotta be how great would it be if lando uh is flying the falcon the entire time and you just see lando kind of just i mean you see han staring at it like oh man i want this thing so bad i'm wondering if they're gonna mine the uh han solo adventure books oh that would be cool the uh, Brian Daly books, because those took place well before uh, the first film. Will it be Han meets Chewie for the first time, or will they have already been friends? It's got to be they meet for the first time, right? You got to. I don't know. I don't know. Do they want to go there? I don't know. Do they want to just pick up where you know Han already owes him his life debt, or are they going to? It's got, uh, yeah, it's got to. I don't know. They've got to cover that, but. It, it'll be impossible to top Anakin meets Obi-Wan for the first time in The Phantom Menace, am I right? It's hard to top that. Hey, Obi-Wan, here's a little kid named Anakin. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, yay, audience claps or whatever. <laughs> there was no feeling at all in that scene, was there? Like, nobody, even later There was on, no feeling in that entire film. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You're, you're giving it too much credit. Bill, you just hit the point right on the nose. Hey, hit the nose. He did do that. <laughs> there is no feeling in the entire film. Well, there's disgust, isn't there? Uh, maybe there's Greg Proops. I mean, oh we got yeah, Greg, we got Greg Proops. Ben Quadrinero and his power coupling. Ain't a waka. I think that's when I checked out. <laughs> I think it it was fine up until the, uh, the, the pod race. Hey, I know the pod race has guys calling the race. One guy speaks in, uh, Pudooian and the other guy speaks English. What do you think? I think that's that's an actual term. Pudooian? No, yeah. It is now. Pudoo. (laughs) Pudoo caca. Hey everyone, look! It's Steve in the Pop Culture Zelly! Hey, what's happening? Hey, Jason. Hey. We have here Mulberry Bill and Adam Sexton. That's who you're talking to, Stephen. Hi, guys. What's happening? Stephen is fashionably, fashionably late. Uh, we just wanted to mention to you, Stephen, that... Uh, nice stalled car on the way here. Your car stalled? One on the freeway. Oh, man. Oh, you're not your car, but a stalled car. Yes, a stalled car. Cool. Cool space car, Stephen. Uh, Donald Glover will be playing young Lando, Stephen, just so you know that. Okay. Cool. You know who that is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, for big news, guys, do you guys mind if I move along? Have we talked enough about that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stephen, you didn't even hear any of the talk. <laughs> Stephen doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> the Nintendo NX Honey, has an official name, guys. Just for me. So. Oh, no. Oh, listen back to the podcast, Stephen. It's uh, Go to etlandfill.com. Guys, the Nintendo NX has an official name. It's called the Nintendo Switch. And, uh... I love that film! Jimmy Smits is awesome! (laughs) The Switch. Uh, oh, what, Blake Edwards? Is that what that was? Ellen Barkin, Jimmy Smits? Come on! It's a classic. So, okay, uh, the, the teaser trailer came out yesterday. I watched it. Uh, we'd heard rumors about it being 
I don't know. Did you guys hear these rumors that it was a portable console where you could take it on the go, but also hook it up to your TV? At first, my idea was this that I thought of. You know how in this day and age, your phone can, uh, you can, oh, I'm forgetting the term. Like you're watching YouTube, you can hit a button and it projects right to your TV and you can watch it like that. I was wondering if it would be a handheld and you would hit that button, it would go to your TV or something. I was thinking it would be some kind of technology like that. Of course, you'd have to have Wi-Fi up in your home, but you have to do, you have to have stuff like that for any console now these days anyway. But no, that's not what it is at all. It's a docking station holding a, basically a tablet with these snap-on controllers. And you can have your own controller that's like an Xbox controller or PS4. But you can also have these snap-on controllers on the tablet that come off where you can play it with a friend or something. Uh, So basically the Nintendo Switch is a portable and home console uh it, it looked interesting we we already know nintendo doesn't want to do the same thing that sony and uh uh, so, uh sony and uh xbox want to do you know microsoft what did you guys think of this video when you watched it if it's uh, real that's awesome i thought it looked really cool it is real what do you it mean? is real no i mean is it going to function that way? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, you got like people Steven playing it, it at parties. You got people playing it on planes. You got people, <laughs> you know, they're playing it in an empty basketball arena for some reason. They're playing it, Bill, they're playing it on rooftops even. They're playing it yes. on mother-effing rooftops. Because <laughs> who doesn't want to play Nintendo on a rooftop? Yeah, That's so the first it, thing I'm doing if I get one. I I honestly think it's a neat concept. The first thing I thought of as I watched it, I never felt this, and I'm I, you know I'm not being a dick or anything. I never thought for at all that hey I want to own this. I just thought oh Emma is gonna love this. I never thought it's something that I would want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know because you know I have an Xbox, I have a PlayStation, and I'm good. I don't think I need a third system. I do want to play Zelda though. So say if we, if by the way, it comes out March 2017. Say we get that for her for her birthday or whatever. She gets all A's or something like that. So it's uh, going to be before E3, which is, that's a bizarre choice or timing of it. Like yeah, but you would they, think they would hold on to the reveal until E3 and then release it. I think later in the year. I heard something like they needed to do this before their big Nintendo shareholders meeting. Uh, That's why this trailer came out when it did. Yeah, because the shit is basically hitting the fan for Nintendo. Yeah, they needed to get this out there. No more speculation. There are, there is some, let me read the information we have right now. The Switch is powered by Nvidia's custom Tegra processor. And according to Nvidia itself, also supported by a fully custom software, including a revamped physics engine, new libraries, advanced game tools and libraries, whatever that means. Uh, NVIDIA additionally created a new gaming API to fully harness the performance. This is all mumbo-jumbo to me, Bill. Uh, it's currently unclear whether the console has a touchscreen. I'm sure it does. Come on. It has a touchscreen. Yeah, you can't be a tablet and not have a touchscreen. People would shit on it so quickly if it didn't have a touchscreen. <laughs> Although no one using it in the teaser trailer interacts with the screen in the, that fashion, pointing to an abandonment of one of the U- Wii U's core concepts. While no amiibo are used in the video, they do appear in the background. 
confirming their compatibility. Oh yeah, how is how are the amiibo going to work out? Because I know you had to uh, like drop it, you had to put it on the uh, the Wii gamepad. If you to look closely it. at the system, I see on the left controller, like if you look, the things that snap onto the the screen, there's a little divot. I don't know. One is a home button. The other one on the left side is just a circle. I wonder if like the amiibo would sit there or something. I don't know how that works, but I bet there is. Or how do amiibos work, Bill? Do they sit on a controller or is it kind of like... You just activate them on the controller. Okay. Is there like some kind of sensor that it reads? Yeah. that's. I think it uses RFID. Oh, okay. Similar to like the Disney Infinity figures. Yeah, I bet it is. They they don't want to give up that because they actually do make a lot of money off that... Uh, that... Uh, thing (laughs) yeah i mean that's the the that's a huge thing right now which i've never gotten into i've i have one amiibo and it came with a a zelda game that i bought months ago the trailer shows build a new 3d mario game which did look pretty cool the i always enjoy the mario games it you sh- it showed that skyrim will play on it a game that's really old right now uh (laughs) Wow, Skyrim! The Legend I can't of Zelda wait to Bre- replay it. Breath of the Wild, which I still want to call Breath of the Wind every time I see it. It's Breath of the Wild, Jason. It's not Breath of the Wind. I think Breath of the Wind actually makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> also some NBA game and a Mario Kart game, which of course it would have. And there was also a selection of publishers and developers that you can see on this list. Square Enix, Activision... Bethesda, Capcom, Sega, EA. It looks like a lot of great third-party support, which they haven't had on their previous system, the Wii U. No, because they made that mistake with the Wii, and we got thousands of shovelware software programs, and it seems now they're being a little more... Uh, willing for third-party developers, but they're gonna have to institute quality control again, like they did with the, uh, with the original Nintendo Entertainment System. They didn't release any specs of this, so I'm gonna ask you right away. We know that the, the new PlayStation, the PS4 Pro, and the Xbox Scorpio, they're 4K. Do you think this thing will be 4K at all? No. This little uh, tablet? No way. It'll be HD. I mean, it looks HD, right? Yeah, it's going to be 1080p, maybe a little higher. Uh, already, I'm I'm reading that whenever it's in the dock, it will be it it maybe maybe they'll pull off 4K, but in the dock, it's supposed to be boy at least 1080p, and then outside of the dock, whenever you're just playing on the the tablet itself, it's going to be 900p. 900p. Yeah, and nobody knows the battery size or anything like that. Well, I know, I've told you, I have that NVIDIA Shield tablet I have for a couple years now, and the battery life on it sucks balls. So, I don't expect it. But the Tegra chip does have the ability to scale uh, on the fly, so if, like, you're operating in battery mode, it's probably going to down-res, or there's going to be an option to down-res. So maybe it'll extend battery life, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not blown away by it. I'm, I'm interested in it. 
when you watch but, the video, there's people on a friggin' basketball field. They are, uh, I mean, basketball. They're on a basketball court. They're playing NBA on their, they each have controllers. I mean, what's the, how quick is that battery going to deplete right there? Quickly. Yeah. What do you think, Adam, when you saw this? I haven't read in, into the uh, new console any more than just seeing the teaser when it was posted on, what was it, Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. Um, or yesterday. I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, I don't know if uh, I'm interested in it because I skipped the Wii U. And because I was always hoping that they would make a new, another system that was just better designed. And, of course, they'll make it backwards compatible. I don't know if I'll take it on the go with me. I mean, uh, even with my uh, PlayStation Vita, I don't take it on the go with me very much, except when I'm going home to visit my parents or so. Right. So um, one thing I'm hoping, and this is something that's been plaguing them ever since they've had online connected uh, consoles, I'm hoping that they make they have a better online infrastructure so that, say, for example, they'll have a virtual console service for this one, uh, we can all assume. Yeah, totally. There has to be a way for them, for us to to uh, transfer our purchased games from previous systems onto this one so we don't have to pay for them all over again. Right. And they, it, just, they just need to figure that out the way that Sony and Microsoft has figured it out. Right. And it's going to have, you know, it, you know, it's going to have apps like Netflix, Hulu and all that yeah. too. So you, you don't just play games on it. It's like a tablet where you're, you can watch videos. This would be perfect for somebody who does travel a lot. Like say Steven, you know, you gaming in your hotel room. Do you, do you still play the, the Sony one? No. No, you don't play any I, games I'm, on I'm, the road, really. I've been doing more reading than yeah. anything here lately. This is definitely something, I mean, I do see my daughter playing it. She's always wanted the Wii U to play the Mario games and stuff, but I'd skip those, get you this new thing. She can take that tablet with her wherever she goes. She'll probably, you know, like, hey, what, what are you playing on your, uh, your Nintendo? Oh, I'm just watching YouTube like everything else I ever do on any. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I can only imagine how truly effed up that screen is going to get on the tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from people taking it out and about. So there's gonna, I yeah, can, I was trying to conf- think about like protective cases for it. They've got yeah, to have exactly. something like that. Like, you know, but, if you get a tablet now, it has a protective one, but how will you protect it with the controllers on it too? That's exactly what I was going to say. How the hell are those connectors going to snap on with yeah, like an like, otter box around it? Yeah. Right. You're not going to yeah. be able to do that. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have a tablet, prop it up on a desk, and have a wireless controller in my hand or something. Can't you do that with the NVIDIA Shield, have a separate controller from it? Well, it does have a separate controller. It has a proprietary NVIDIA Shield controller that I rarely use. Uh, I will use it whenever I'm playing ROMs. But the worst thing about the NVIDIA Shield is there's there's nothing built onto the back of it to to prop it up. And... Uh It's such an odd-shaped tablet that there's no case for it. Like, I I think NVIDIA made a, a kind of a case for it, but it's awful. So I've just, I've never bought a case for it to use it, uh, like, propped up. Because it's just so, it's so bizarrely shaped. That sucks. Yeah. 
I'm wondering, like, with this thing, it looks like you only hold it. But I, can't you just see Nintendo coming out with a bunch of peripherals for this? Like, a carrying case, uh, something to prop it up on. Uh, oh, Nintendo's all over that shit. Additional controllers and stuff like that. You make what? a thing to hang it over a car seat. Yeah, yeah, you could see that in the video. But another thing is, we didn't see any of their motion stuff. Like, it's all, they're all about, you know, waving shit at the screen, you know. There's none of that with this, right? Are they done with that? Probably. Which is good. I'm glad, (laughs) you know, because I never cared about any of that. But I'm just, I think, I think what's going to be funny is the bitch session that people are going to make. Uh, about one, no backwards compatibility, cause it's now a cartridge or a SD card. I don't, I don't even know what the cartridge is that they're gonna use. I was thinking about it the other morning. It's gonna be like, like now you can memory. buy a 128 gigabyte micro SD card for, right, like 30 bucks on Amazon. But, what kind of like proprietary card is so i'm not worried about storage size you know the, yeah, you know that's we, we know they're going to be able done. to fit more on one of these little cards than you can on a blu-ray so that's not an issue i think that the the issue is going to be how much is it going to cost for this proprietary thing how small are they going to be uh what and then it just comes down to the graphical capabilities of it. Until yeah. I can see this thing in action, what it's doing, what this new Tegra chip is actually going to be capable of, what architecture it's based on, you know, from the current series of of video cards. I just yeah. How much I, friggin' RAM does it have? Yeah, I I want to know specifics of this thing because as it is right now. You're going to be taking a graphical hit. There's no way in hell it's going to be able to compete with the Xbox One or the PS4. I don't care what magic NVIDIA works and and what kind of uh, developer's kit they have out there for people to try to harness the power of it. It's yeah. not going to be able to match it. Let me ask so, you this. You own the Wii U. Were you happy with... Basically, Nintendo's games that they made for the Wii U were gorgeous, right? Yeah, great games. But it's like all the, any third party games that was, you know, you couldn't put, I think they tried to put an Arkham game on there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, and you know, they tried to work it into the Wii U gamepad to be interactive and, uh, you know, use the maps and, and use it to like fly the, uh, the Batarang. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was that uh, the game that launched with it, that Zombie U. Yeah, that you could use it as kind of like a camera. Uh, I got through about two hours of that game and called it quits. Never went back to it. I remember it was impossibly hard, is what I heard about it. Yeah. So I mean, and at this point, when I do play the Wii U, I have to have the Wii U gamepad plugged in because the battery life has gone to shit like it it maybe can hold like a 30 minute charge yeah that's a bad thing about aging tablets and stuff or in the battery battery pack the replacement battery packs like 50 60 bucks jesus oh and i wonder if this is going to sell like base model what if they sell the tablets separate from the charging station you hook up to your tv they won't do that will they they might like that 
That would be a package deal. It's just there's so many different parts well, to right. snap on, like defective controllers, replace. I mean, just I can just see what a nightmare. And you know, I don't have little kids, so I don't have to worry about that. But would you buy this for your kid? I lost one of the controllers. Right. I don't have the right one now. Where's the left one? It's gone. I left it at grandma's. We'll never find it again. So we got to buy a new one. So that seems like a disaster, but. Who knows? I, I well, if you just... noticed in the release video, there were no kids in it. Yeah, yeah. This sucker was specifically marketed to millennials and up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there was absolutely no children playing the Nintendo Switch. This is, this was for 20-year-olds making $100,000 a year at their job yeah. in uh, San Francisco. In the Bay Area, they work for Google, and this is what they do on weekends, right? Damn tech assholes. <laughs> <laughs> when, when in, in, in full reality, those majority of those people are living in tent cities in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they don't have beautiful condos. How could they have tents? I would have shown the video where it's like, hey, I'm homeless, but look, I got an entertainment center right here. I don't need a house for this. And I can, I can totally games. just dock my Nintendo Switch into my 60 inch television that's in my tent. The guy goes to like a local, like, uh, game store. He's in the window and he like hits a button and all of a sudden his game goes up on all the screens. <laughs> the guy's like, what the hell? And the guy's playing in the window. Now that would be cool. Hijack electronic stores. Go to the what is movies. This, watchdogs. Go, yeah. Go to a, like a football game in the jumbotron. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's your you're playing Mario Kart. Yeah, watchdogs. <laughs> That's what watchdogs should be about. Now, that wasn't the only trailer that came out this week. There was also the new Red Dead Redemption Two trailer, guys. First of all, I want to know: Have we all played Red Dead Redemption here? I haven't. Yes. 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 Okay. We uh the three of us I have invested one way <laughs> I think I played through it two or three times. Yes. Like I I I made sure I got a hundred percent on the Xbox and the PlayStation. Like I was obsessed with that game. It's a fantastic game. I loved playing it the first time. I actually started playing it again and well, I, I thought kinda... it was a pri- 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 proprietary to PlayStation. That's why I didn't look for it. No, it actually looked like shit on the PlayStation 3. It originally it was, came out in the 360. Yeah, it was it was down-resed for the PlayStation 3. It had it all fan- kinds of graphical glitches. Yeah, right it, now you can play it on the Xbox One, but it still looks great, I think. I yeah, think and cool. I'm the asshole that actually traded it in a couple years ago whenever I was trying to get some money for my games. Oh, no. And I, like, traded in... 90% of my Xbox 360 games and then kicking myself for doing that. It's a fantastic game. I'm fighting the urge to play uh Undead Nightmare again <laughs> because you know, they did a de- they did what's possibly the greatest DLC ever made to a game. Just still haven't played. Oh yeah, I I'm with Adam. I've never played Undead Nightmare. I finished I oh 100% of the game itself, never played any of the DLC. Yeah, I finished I, mean, I bought it. I bought it, but I haven't played it. I finished it. Finished the the original game, you know, and then the Undead Nightmare came out. I played that and it's like an alternate universe of the main game. It's all the characters that you met in the game, they're in this game too. 
and it's so fantastic and it's so entertaining it's you're killing zombies and stuff it's it's amazing it really is cool you should play it adam will do you'll love it man it'll be a great thing while you're to play while you're waiting for red dead redemption 2 to come out so the trailer came out and anybody can watch it now on YouTube, and it's very short. It's a teaser, but what it does show us is that the graphics are amazing. Am I right? Yeah, it oh, looks yeah. it looks great, and apparently it's kind of a magnificent seven take. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, that's what it looks like. I'm wondering what they're going to do. I keep thinking back to Grand Theft Auto Five, how you controlled three different characters at different times. They're not, we're not going to do seven characters at a time. Which, can right? I just say right now, I hated that. Yeah, I thought it was I hated that about Grand Theft Auto V. Every time, is like, and plus, I at least with like Nico Bellic in Grand Theft Auto IV, I felt a connection. I felt zero connection to any of the characters, except maybe Trevor, who made me feel like I needed a Silkwood shower after every section of his. Yes, he was a rotten... I, I, I forget where I read it. Somebody was analyzing Grand Theft Auto... Oh, it was Drew McWeeny was talking about it. He thinks that each character in Grand Theft Auto V represented a different kind of gamer playing an open-world game and how they behave. Trevor is definitely one of them, a troll who gets off on killing and maiming and causing as much mayhem as possible. He's a Trump voter. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) uh, And then the main character, who I don't remember his name, and then the other guy. Yeah, Michael. And then the other guy who wants to be something great one day. Uh, It was interesting. Wait, which? I'm I'm trying to place faces with names. There's the rich guy. The rich guy. And he represented something that I don't remember. Read the Drew McQueenie article. But anyway. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, here's what I hope the game is in a way. I hope it's John Marston's son when he's much older. Remember, John Marston was an outlaw thug in the first game that saw the error of his ways and change. And he was being forced by the law to hunt down his old game members and kill them all, right? And that way he would get his family back. Uh, And then maybe this is much later in the Old West. I mean, basically the first game, Red Dead Redemption, the Old West was ending. The Outlaw Ways was ending. And in fact, there was cars at the end of the game, you know? Remember you go to that town and people are driving cars? There's not many of them. There's a couple. But still. Yeah. So how much further... Uh, you know, I saw some people speculating that this is a different part. Like, uh, in Red Dead Redemption, you're close to Mexico. You're right on the border. And they were like, is this up north? And I was wondering, like, cause you see a lot of mountains and stuff. What if this is like near the Canadian border where part of the game you go into Canada or something? God damn Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all speculation, but I will say this that I'm, uh, super excited just based on the fact that I thought the there's something about Red Dead Redemption being in the a Western that style of writing that sick humor of uh, Rockstar. I just can't wait to see what this game is. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. In in next gen systems too, because I'm looking forward to something to play that I'm not immediately disappointed that I bought. Like Gears of War 4. <laughs> oh, have you played that? Oh my god. I'm trying, man. 
I'm trying so hard. Well, the games just, always were a, real, a little bit silly, though. It's just, uh, it's so, like, they throw you into it, and you've got to play through these prologues from different points of view uh, wow. of the Locust War. And I was like, okay, I, yeah, I've been here. I've done this. I know this. It's fine. Let's get on with it. And then they introduce you to the new band of characters, and they're all just, like, Typical Gears of War cliches. You know, you've got the hardened old guy who happens to be a drunk. You've got the young idealist guy. You've got the... This time they threw a girl into the mix. Right. Who's like the voice of reason. And it's just... It's so... It's just the gameplay of it is so derivative of... Like, it's just... There's nothing new. The guns are different, sure. I'm trying to make sense of the storyline. Apparently now you're fighting against the cog. Yeah, the so, cog. And it's just I I just can't get into it. Like I it's I want to start Bill, you're and, supposed to play it co-op with somebody else. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly it. I think I would enjoy it so much more if I was playing with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's just I I can't I can't do it alone. <laughs> so maybe once maybe once the the price goes down on it one of you chuckleheads can pick it up and we can play it. Speaking of co-op, Bill, they announced, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 will have a big co-op thing. PlayStation has announced that it has a partnership with Rockstar, which will allow PS4 players to get first access to earn select online content. So it's going to be like Grand Theft Auto 5 Online, something that I never wanted to play. Uh, I remember playing some of the online stuff in Red Dead Redemption, and uh that doesn't interest me. All I care about in these open world games is the story, you know, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I know it's for some people, but uh No, that that was always the main pull for me for pretty much any Rockstar game starting with Grand Theft Auto 3. You know, the story's what pulled me through it. You know, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, Grand Theft Auto 4, not so much Grand Theft Auto 5. I was kind of... I have Grand Theft Auto V. I never finished it because I did the transition from... I was playing it on Xbox 360, got an Xbox One, and then was like, well, I can't play it anymore because I'm moving this into Emma's room. So uh, I'm waiting for it to become backwards compatible. Oh, yeah. And then I can actually play it and finish it. Adam, will Red Dead Redemption 2 be a first day buy or will it be a rental? I want, I want, really want to buy it. I mean, cause it's going to be a big game and it's going to take so much of your time. Not, it's, not, it's, not that I'll regret that because I gave a, a lot, I got of time. Game, yeah. I gave a lot you know, of time to Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. It's going to be a 40 yeah. to at least 55 hour game. It's a kind of game. I love those games. I like taking my time there. You're doing missions and stories, but one day you're like, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to play poker all I'm day. I'm going to go hunting. Yeah. You can play poker for two and a half hours. Yeah, I'm gonna play poker <laughs> against a guy who looks like Commander Adama right here. That, that was a that was an amazing video. <laughs> yeah. There's a YouTube video where I played uh you know, played Red Dead on Twitch against a guy who I thought looked like Commander Adama. That's kinda of funny. Here, let's move it. Just... <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty silly. But I can't wait to see something like that. The side games in Red Dead Redemption, like poker and shit oh my god it's gonna be awesome okay let's move on to something else 
and I'll give you a hint what we're going to talk about, all right? You ready, Stephen? Yes. Wolverine, snickety, snickety, snowing. That's right. The trailer for Logan came out. Stephen, did you see it? Yes. I hurt myself <laughs> today. At first, I was like, oh, what is this shit? Come on, Johnny Cash. But I thought it was very effective in the trailer. It was a good trailer. Yeah, I mean, hey. normally, I'm I'm fully, uh, like, just, oh, no, they're using the Johnny Cash again. But then it worked. Yeah, it did. What was that hay for, Adam? I thought you were going to trash on Johnny Cash doing hurt. No, no. I'm, it's, it's, I'm, it was defensive reflex, I fully admit it. No, but. I'm trashing on the way they trailers are. manipulate us with music. Yeah. Like, oh, like... But this know. was a really fantastically cut trailer. Yeah, it was. Very little dialogue uh, made us just feel something. That And, you know, it just... I got so much hope in those those little quiet moments of Logan, uh, Professor X, and the little girl around the table, and I was just like, "It's it, it's something about it just r- rang true for me." Like I, like almost like they learned, and I'm really reading into it, but I feel like they possibly learned their lesson from the last film in kind of the over the topness and they're making it more of a character study. Yeah. They're like talking about the Wolverine where he was in Japan. Yeah. It was like, if you've seen that movie, it's like almost good. Like it, it was like you almost had it, but you got too silly or you did. It was like, treat it more seriously I, it was, when I watch that film, I get sad because I'm like, they almost got it right, but they didn't. Yeah, they almost nailed it. Yeah. But it's just like not far enough. And it has like, it has like a weird Western vibe to it. Yeah, this what this is the same director, by the way. This is James yeah. Mangold, as I like to call him. Mangold! James Mangold. And, uh, by the way, he explained that, obviously, I have a connection and a fondness for Johnny Cash and his tone and his message and his music, but the real driver in all these decisions is trying to separate ourselves in an accurate way from the other superhero movies. We think we're going to deliver something a little different. And we want to make sure that we're selling audiences on the difference. Sometimes, even when a movie's a little different, the studio tries to market the movie just like all the others. Cash's music, in a way, separates us from the standard, bombastic, brooding, orchestral, swish-bang, doors-opening-and-slamming-explosion kind of methodology of some of these movies. So, well, and I mean, this is Mr. Walk the Line himself. Yeah. Like, I mean, he... So I think he he understood what he was doing in using it, and I think it was pitch perfect. Did you guys get a Last of Us vibe from it too? Post oh, absolutely. I yes. mean, all the mutants I mean, are dead, right? Is what we get from the uh, trailer. You're the and, last. and who aren't dead are in hiding. Yeah, she's just like you. You know, that's what Charles Xavier says, and he's all old. And those guys. I've read now the guys with the, like the mechanical arms; those are Reavers, like mutant hunter guys from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it looks pretty badass, man. And is the I believe was the trailer uh, a red band trailer? 
there was two trailers. America got a green band, and then the international trailer is the one that shows the shot of him in like a hotel corridor, schnicks out the blades, and then drives him into one of the guy's heads. That's yeah. the one I saw. You showed me a screenshot of that, and I was like, I didn't see that in the trailer. Yeah, I didn't. That was that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the international trailer. Apparently, America's too precious. Too precious a snowflake for yeah. <laughs> getting a, a, the blades into someone's dome. Yeah, I thought I was looking at the international one, but obviously I didn't. It is, it is stupid! Ow! Oh, I think we honestly have Deadpool to yeah. thank. For, for this film going hard R. We should have always had a rated R Wolverine movie, right? Yeah, and whenever they released that extended cut that was R-rated, it was such a disappointment because I hate CGI blood. Yeah. I, I, if there's one thing I hate the most in films is CGI blood. CGI squibs when people get yeah. shot. It's, it just takes me out of it completely. It, there's an uncanny valley. For CGI blood, and it's all awful. Yeah, the uh, CGI blood flying on the lens in yeah. movies, like, oh, is that supposed to be shocking? Your digital ones and zeros of blood. <laughs> 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 but uh, this is based on, or I guess loosely based on the Old Man Logan comic book, which I have never read. Have any of you guys read it or heard about it? Yes. I I've read little bits of it, and it is dark as shit, especially whenever you kind of find out why there aren't any mutants left. What about – Adam, did you say yes you've read it? Um, I Yeah, I borrowed the graphic novel from the public library not too long ago, and yeah, Bill's right. The the reasons for them not being any mutants, if that's, if that's what they're going by with the film, it's going to be some really dark, shocking stuff, and – uh, you mentioned earlier how the previous Wolverine solo film kind of got, went off the rails. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing we're talking about the Silver Samurai bit. Yeah. Um, for reasons that are perfectly obvious, uh, they can't port over everything from the graphic novel because that involves the Hulk and Hawkeye and, and some other, probably some other elements, but the Hulk stuff, I really don't know how they could put that in a movie and not, you know, uh, well, and they're, they're also going off the rails too. They're going to have to leave the Hawkeye stuff out of, uh, Logan too. Yeah. So yeah, they're, I'm just wondering how they're going to handle it, how, if they're going to handle it better. It could have, with, with the Wolverine, it just could have been handled with a defter touch. It, uh, there's even a, an ex, there was a sequence where he was, uh, attacking, the uh the village of the, the ninjas and it was like a huge fight but instead it was all cut short where they just had him on arrows with ropes and they captured him it's like yeah. why would you cut that out of the movie that was like oh especially the scene with the uh what was that like a the the snowplow yeah that whole third act there's a fight that got cut out that it's like why wouldn't you have that in the movie or whatever you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's I think it had everything to do with capturing that PG-13 rating. So I'm excited about the Wolverine movie. We saw the last one in theater. I was excited about that. I hate being let down. I hope this doesn't let us down. That's all I'm saying. 
I can't wait till the next trailer. Just give me a little taste, a little extra taste of it so that I know where they're going with it. This was perfect. I've watched this trailer probably 15 times over the past two days. Gravitas. Yeah, it, it brings the gravitas and, uh, it just, I love that they're going with this dark other world. Obviously, like the, the old man Logan series took place in an alternate universe. So I'm assuming that's what they're doing with this. If they're not, it's, I just, I am really super curious. Yeah, I have heard, I don't know if you guys have heard this, this is Hugh Jackman's final bow as Wolverine. Right. Yeah. So he's like, hey, I got to move on eventually. I want to go do Broadway, you know? (laughs) Okay, so can I, do you guys mind if I rant about something that I've seen all week? Um, cause you guys know I love to rant. Okay. There's a new Force Awakens Blu-ray coming out. And apparently all these people have already seen or watched the Blu-ray audio commentary with JJ Abrams. So we get stories like this. Uh, JJ Abrams discusses characters or whatever. Well, why are you telling us now? Okay. Listen to this. In a newly released <laughs> excerpt from the upcoming Star Wars The Force Awakens Blu-ray audio commentary, J.J. Abrams describes a sequence that was cut from the film. Okay. This is a story you click on to read. During her vision in Maz Kanata's castle upon grabbing the lightsaber, Ray almost saw Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Describing what Abrams called a force back, there were many iterations of this. In one from the Cloud City corridor, she looked down and saw Vader fighting Luke, which ended up cutting. We ended up cutting. Abrams then proceeds to describe the rest of the sequence within the vision as a personal story, something that she couldn't comprehend that was overwhelming to her, frightening to her, that was talking to her through these elemental experiences. Do you guys want any of these explanations? Do you want to read no. about them in a story? Or would you rather no. hear about them in the commentary? Just watch it. I'd rather I'd rather hear about it. If he didn't feel it needed to be in the movie, then keep it that way. Yeah, uh, who cares, yeah. right? That's the way I feel about it. But I keep seeing all these stories. J.J. Uh, Abrams reveals there's a crazy CG effect you didn't know about that was in the movie. So it's like, <gasps> let me click on this. What is it? And they reveal that at one point Adam Driver didn't have the Kylo Ren mask on and they added it digitally. That's, oh. that's what the story reveals, but they oh don't tell God. you that in the headline. They tell you JJ Abrams reveals crazy CG effect. Like, oh my God. Oh, also here's another one. JJ Abrams explains how CGI helped a pivotal Snoke and Kylo Ren scene. That's the same scene that they talk about. J.J. Abrams reveals what was cut in Ray's forceback scene. So they say forceback there, like we know what that means. J.J. Abrams reveals Star Wars secrets in Force Awakens audio commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! (laughs) How about we just wait till November whenever it comes? I mean, I understand that they want to promote it, but anybody that's going to buy it is already going to buy it. I... I feel like an asshole because I bought the Blu-ray when it was first released and I haven't watched it. Oh, and, really? And I want to buy the the new one in in November because it's going to have the 3D. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I bought that version and I did watch it as soon as I got it, but I didn't 
Uh, I watched, watched the doc- it a few times. I watched the documentary first before I watched the movie. I was really excited about the documentary. Um, but do I want this 3D Blu-ray with a commentary? Kinda, but I don't know if I want to own the movie twice, so I don't think I'll pick it up. Okay, guys, let's move on to another story. Voice actors declare strike against video game companies. After a week of negotiations between actors' union SAG-AFTRA, do you guys know what that stands for? The Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television Radio Artists released a statement just after midnight on Friday morning declaring the strike against companies including EA, Activision, Disney Character Voices, and Take-Two Interactive. According to SAG-AFTRA, after 19 months of unsuccessful negotiations, striking was the only viable option left to ensure their concerns about safer working conditions for the voice acting community. It's time for video game employers to take our concerns seriously. What is there like running water and electric cords hanging down or something? And negotiate a modern contract based on actor safety, industry precedent, and best practices, said Ray Rodriguez, chief contracts officer. Voice actor Keith Farley reiterated that actors don't want to go on strike, but said that after close to two years of trying to renegotiate contracts... This was the only way to have their voice heard. This not only includes safer working conditions. Again, how dangerous are these booths they're recording in? <laughs> they there, want free lozenges. <laughs> there have been reports of voice actors seriously damaging their vocal cords because of, because of strenuous and extensive recording session hours. Oh, now that makes sense. <laughs> Maybe also- they're just not good enough. Maybe they need to get it right the first time. Yeah, but also an increase in the money they earn from projects. SAG-AFTRA is demanding a reasonable bonus for every 2 million copies of a game sold. Upfront conversations with producers about projects they're working on and concerns from actors about working conditions. This group of video game employers knowingly feeds off other industries that pay these same performers fairly to make a living. This represents a freeloader model of compensation that we believe cannot and should not continue. A group of, a group representing various game publishers and developers issued its own response to the union strike threat earlier in the week, chiding the organizations for its actions and calling it a self-defeating gesture. The group added that going on strike would only further harm their membership. Reminding the union that SAG-AFTRA only represents about 25% of actors working in the industry. It doesn't sound like they're going to do anything, does it? Some of those members, however, include well-known talents like Jennifer Hale, who voiced Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, David Hayter, best known as Solid Snake. Both not actors anymore. voiced their support for the strike earlier this week. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> SAG-AFTRA members will pick it in front of EA's offices in Playa Vista, California. Is it Playa Vista, California, starting October 24th? How about that, huh? Well, it's it's only reasonable, especially with how much profit is in the video game industry right now that they're pulling in yeah. per copy. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's similar to, you know, television residuals that, you know, is it, is it really on, you have to think about the fact that these contracts that are being written up for the voice actors performances should have some form of residual for so many copies sold. Right. And, and think the fact that they much, don't is shocking to me. How much voice acting affects a game? Like think of Joel in The Last of Us. 
or Ellie, or even John Marston in Red Dead Redemption, they bring so Kiefer much... Kiefer Sutherland in Call of Duty? Yeah, maybe not that, but they bring <laughs> so much uh, to the role. Am I right? Gravitas. Yeah, but we're not, we're not hearing those names in particular, or those studios. So obviously Naughty Dog is handsomely compensating their voice actors. Yeah. So... You notice who who's being called out here are EA, Activision, Take Two, three of three of the the most crooked game <laughs> development studios there are. Yeah, and I'm wondering, it's like, can I take a break? No, 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 no. We got to keep going. We got we got crunch time here. It's like, but my voice it hurts. I'm losing my voice. Sip on some water. Come on, we'll get back and go. Yeah, here's some hot water with uh, with gin, ginseng and, and, and honey lemon. and lemon. Yeah, like, uh, hey, we could easily replace you, man. Uh, the guy who, dang, who, Jeff, no, who's the guy you said earlier from <laughs> Phantom Menace who did the, the guy from uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> oh, Greg Proops. Yeah, we could get Greg Proops in here and replace you, stat. It's like, damn it! <laughs> ben we could call any any comedian on whose line is it anyway, and quickly re- quickly replace you. Yeah, I mean, I highly respect Wayne voice Brady is, is available. I always wanted to do it'd be amazing. Uh, and in fact, I think in this day and age, because of video games, voice actors have more celebrity status because of fans of the video game want to know who did the voice to that. You know. Am I right? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Troy Baker, everybody knows who he is who plays video games. Troy Baker, Nolan North. Yeah, uh, those guys are Troy, amazing. Troy Baker, Nolan North. No, no, uh, the, uh, Bailey, Laura Bailey, who also does a voice in the game that you're playing right now, Gears of War. She's and, the girl. And Troy Baker. And- Nolan North. Yes, there are other voice actors. <laughs> what about the guy who does... Uh, uh, Sam Witwer? No, no, wait. Yeah, he, him too, but I'm talking about Phoenix. Marcus Phoenix. Oh, uh, John, John DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah, come on. Bender? Mark Hamill? Nobody Troy knew who Baker. he was till he did the Joker, right? <laughs> Nolan what, North? Virtually what, unknown. Yeah, who, who was Mark Hamill before the Joker? What movies did he do? <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, speaking of Star Wars, Ewan McGregor, a.k.a. the only actor worth a shit in the Star Wars prequels. Wow, snarky, this polygon Oh, I thought you actually added that. (laughs) Still carries a torch for Obi-Wan Kenobi, the true unifying character of the first six chapters in the space opera. In an interview with a French-language premiere, yeah, nothing lost in the translation here, guys, McGregor offered that he's still available should Disney and Lucasfilm need someone to portray the crazy old one. He didn't say that. Okay, here's what he said. I hope that they're going to explore different genres under the Star Wars banner, and one of those could be an Obi-Wan Kenobi feature film, or two, the Obi-Wan Kenobi story part one and part two. Lucas They're all Di- trilogies, so it should be three. <laughs> Lucas Disney so far has plans for another two main series films, Episode Eight and Nine, and a Star Wars story spinoffs, beginning with Rogue One and then Han Solo. And I'm about to burp. A couple of months ago, a fan filmmaker—oh boy, here we go. 
Rich Williamson delivered a Kenobi Star Wars story as if it was a teaser pieced together from McGregor's role in The Last Days in the Desert, in which he portrayed Jesus of Nazareth. Where instead he's Obi Wan Kenobi, guys. Of course, yeah. has potential. Have you watched it? Yeah, is it fun. horrible? Is it dumb? It's just silly. Yeah. Of course, it has potential. So does the film about the life of an AT-AT driver. For what the- was uh, there was a series of Scholastic books that uh, were about Ben Kenobi after Revenge of the Sith, and I read one or two of them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's what, definitely. A lot of material there from when he drops off Luke at the homestead and then when A New Hope picks up and he's an old man. There's a lot of adventures in there. Should I have? Am I right? I mean, they could definitely yeah. fit in a Obi-Wan story. I think they should. I think that would be amazing if you had a new, like, okay, after the Han Solo film, they announce an Obi-Wan movie with Ewan McGregor, I I can get excited. I'd watch for that. that shit. Yeah, me too. And especially if it took place on Tatooine, him fighting a crate dragon or something, or uh-huh. impersonating one. Yeah. Or the new one. <laughs> Did you guys like mine? That's my impression of a crate dragon before and after the special edition. Okay, and when you hear a movie announcement and you groan, get ready, you're going to do it. New Willy Wonka movie reportedly will focus on the Chocolatier's early adventures. Don't I'm expect- so far beyond groaning about that. Don't expect to see Charlie Bucket, it says. Warner Brothers is reportedly developing a Willy Wonka film that will focus on the early adventures of Roald Dahl. I wonder if they'll get Ewan McGregor to play this. You know, Willy Wonka in Loompa Land. According to Variety, the film is being produced by David Hayman, who worked on the Harry Potter franchise. Do you think I said his name right? David Hayman? Yeah. He's he's also producing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Unlike Tim Burton's 2005 film called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which starred Johnny Depp as Wonka, in case you guys... Don't remember that. The film is being to forget dis- it. Yeah, <laughs> really. The film speaking I, of speaking of just off completely off the mark here. Natalie put on Corpse Bride the other night and neither of us had seen it. Uh and oh my god. Like just what the hell? Is that the animated film? But that was yeah, just a production. Stop mo- it was beautiful a- stop motion animation. But what just you, the film itself is a turd, and Danny Elfman's music is offensive. What, what, did he say bad words in it or something? No, it's just so bland and, uh, and like, lifeless. Oh, oh, I thought you meant, like, it, he did something offensive in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had, you know, I, I don't know what I expected, but it just, it was such a disappointment. Oh, I haven't seen that. But this is very confusing. Uh, the film will look into the adventures from Wonka's early life that shaped him into who he becomes, but it won't be an origin story. Uh, okay. It's also unclear if any of the characters from Doll's book will make an appearance. Okay. Lately, Warner Brothers, how about you not report this story till you have more you don't know uh, information? 
Warner Brothers has become a home of various franchises. Oh, that's an incredible sentence right there. It not, it's not only working on the DC Cinematic Universe with its line of standalone Cyborg Flash and Aquaman movies, but it also just announced it would be turning Fantastic Beasts into five movies. This article reminds me of some of the bullshit I have to write for my classes and just, <laughs> just completely making shit up. Are you padding paragraphs? Padding paragraphs. <laughs> 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 I love that so, this story is about Willy Wonka, but he's this. All of a sudden, it goes uh, into Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts yeah. into a five movie franchise. Originally, Fantastic Beasts was supposed to be a trilogy, but Rowling confirmed the extension to a five films during a Q and A for her play, The Cursed Child. Click on that, guys, to read that article. Variety also reported that a deal between Warner Brothers and the Doll Estate has been ongoing since the beginning of the year. Oh, shut up! Whatever. Oh my God. I could do this. Can I get paid to pad articles? Okay, talk about padding articles. Somebody interviewed Joss Whedon last week, I think, or was <laughs> who was it? Um, uh, 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 the girl who played. I, Jason, don't do this. Why are you doing this, Jason? Why play stop. this movie guy with us? So, yeah, she's she plays Black Widow. <laughs> Oh my god, Scarlett Johansson? Yes, I can't come up with that name <laughs> in my head. And yeah. I just did a dementia case study, and I think you're starting to show some... Yeah. <laughs> I am, I'm losing my mind. Well, somebody, <laughs> this, I think that Joss Whedon is being facetious in this article, but they went ahead and ran with it. Joss, when is Joss Whedon not facetious? Yeah. Everything he says is laced with snark. He knows that whatever he says will turn into a story. Josh Whedon. Okay. Joss Whedon is no stranger to big-name pop culture franchises, from directing The Avengers and its sequel, Age of Ultron. Oh, he directed those? To masterminding television shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer... And what else? What else did he do, Steven? Come on. Maybe, maybe Firefly. Firefly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, um. Dollhouse. Well, Whedon revealed properties. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, I forgot about Dollhouse. <laughs> he revealed properties he'd love to tackle if given the chance. I mean, it's a fun thing to do. Gee, I don't even, I haven't even read this story, and I know the first thing you're going to say. <laughs> I okay. know it. <laughs> I could I could place a bet on it right now and win. Okay, maybe not. Maybe the second or third thing. But Whedon explained in a recent interview with Complex, which we all Complex, we all read that while sitting. Isn't on the that toilet. the uh, the softcore porn magazine? Uh yes. Uh, okay, we all have a subscription. So, do I want to make James Bond movie? A James Bond movie? Yes. Anne Hathaway does a cat one Catwoman movie. Do I want to do that? Sure, I'm in. Oh my say. god. If 007, by the way, of Whedon seems a bit strange, make sure you're sitting down. He also confided, confided that he'd be willing to tackle one franchise on everyone's mind lately. The early there it is. Wonka story. <laughs> Bill, say what it is. Star Wars. Dun! Star Wars. I was like, I don't want to make a Star Wars movie. Like, God damn it, why? But I saw the trailer for Rogue One, and I was like, I want to do that. To make a Star Wars movie and not to be wed to a bigger picture, like a uh, you know a trilogy or something. Because he did such a fantastic job with the Marvel Universe. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With Disney apparently planning to release a Star Wars... Oh, here we go. A Star Wars movie every year from now until the end of time. A standalone film from Whedon <laughs> set in a galaxy far, far away certainly doesn't seem as far-fetched as it would a couple of years ago. Now if we could only get a Black Widow solo outing greenlit... Read more about how Scarlett Johansson wants that that movie written by clicking <laughs> yeah, she on this wants link. a paycheck. No, I'm kidding. I added that part. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, John, hey, would you ever want to work on a Star Wars film? Yeah. Oh, my no, God. No. <laughs> uh, what, what about a Star Trek movie? Wouldn't you do that? Yeah, sure. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what, what, what else do you want to work with Scarlett Johansson again on a Black Widow movie? Sure. Oh, what? That's, that's, uh, uh, Jaws, uh, would you ever think of making a Mad Max film? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, my God. He's going to do. Uh, would you make Firefly 2? No. Oh, my God. No, that's still no, a that's story. <laughs> Jaws wins <laughs> taking we'll over the never... Coolies franchise. <laughs> Uh, would you ever work with uh, The Rock? No. I oh would God, smell he's what he's cooking. No, do you smell? <laughs> okay, guys. Grand Theft Auto 5's exploding Note 7 mod yanked from YouTube by Samsung. <laughs> this is so funny, guys. The mod, a mod that weaponized the mobile phone in Grand Theft Auto 5, parodying the well-known problems of the Note 7 has seen a YouTube video of its shenanigans taken down by a copyright demand by Samsung. Isn't that funny? They're like, no, that's in poor taste. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we had a friend come over uh, to get his hair cut by Natalie, and he had he was so proud of his Galaxy Note 7, oh, and it was no. sitting on my nightstand, and I was just waiting for it to burst into flames. <laughs> Holy shit. I told him. This was before the battery exchange. And I was like, are you afraid that thing's going to And <laughs> my he's like, no, it's only when it's charging. Little there's did a, he know. You know there's a warning on the flights to tell everybody to turn their Note 7s yeah, off. Yeah, you can't even get on with a, a You can't get on with it, but it's got to be turned off. I heard I that they made the rule now that you actually cannot fly with a Galaxy Note 7. No, no. I heard the early, what, what they said, if you have it, you turn it off and you have to have it in your pocket. Right, right. It's not going to be in luggage. So if it does explode, it takes you with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if anything happens, yeah, it's going like, to blow your you leg off. You can't charge it on the plane. You can't. Yeah. yeah it's got to be off. And I, They haven't know, banned it entirely yet. I don't know anybody, but I know there's some people. They had a lady on the news. She goes, I love this phone. I'm not turning it in. This is mine. I paid for it. And it's just like, it's going to explode. You know, it's, there's made. This is my Galaxy Note 7. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, guys, listen to this story. The age-old query of, so, who were your influences on the film, still appear regularly in interviews following a big-name movie's release. But in recent years, directors have started to name the films they drew from before the premiere as a way of drumming up anticipatory buzz. At the Star Wars celebration in London, for example, Ryan Johnson name-checked Bridge on the River Kwai, Three Outlaw Samurai, and Letter Never Sent, and 12 O'Clock High as points of reference for this new Star Wars picture, which is called Episode Eight. The initial public response went along the lines of, what the hell are you talking about? But eventually cooled into, all right, that sounds pretty awesome. One man blockbuster 
<laughs> Let me restart that. One-man blockbuster factory, James Wan, the helmer behind the upcoming Aquaman solo film, is the latest filmmaker to tease appetites by dropping movie titles. Earlier this week, he spoke with Entertainment Tonight and offered the following hint at what fans can expect from Aquaman the movie. I Water! <laughs> swimming! <laughs> Lots of swimming! <laughs> Tridents! I kind of don't want to give too much away, but know this. There's a porpoise. (laughs) (laughs) There are manatees. The spirit that I'm going for is like a classic sort of swashbuckling action adventure. Sort of high seas adventure story. It's ultimately a quest story in the spirit of Raiders of the Lost Ark meets Romancing the Stone. Oh shit, why would you ever put Romancing in the Stone in there? Damn, the Doobie Brothers broke up. That's my favorite line from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> After the, the joyless slog of Batman v Superman, dawn of it still being nighttime. Oh, this, this, here we go. Every t- Don't you love when writers insert their own snark into this? <laughs> and return Jesus. to older narrative tradition will be a welcome change of pace. DC and Marvel fans alike have made their desire to have a little fun for a change. And with the seminal adventure pictures that Juan's drawn from, he could very well be on the right track. All he did was say it's going to be like Raiders. It's uh, Shut up. Uh, guys, seriously, do, do we care about this story? No. No. Alright, here we go. Final story. No, wait. No, that's not a story. I was just, uh, I decided not to do this because it's music clip, but Michael Giacchino posted, uh, not him himself, but you can listen to the theme of Doctor Strange on YouTube right now by Michael Giacchino. Sounds pretty cool. Do you guys want to hear an excerpt real quick? Sure. Let's yes. Let's see if you guys can hear this. It sounds interesting. God, I was so hoping you were going to play something from your dad. <laughs> it sounds interesting, doesn't it? It does. And even the person in the article said, uh, what sets this apart from other movie scores is that it's so different, even by Giacchino standards. Remember that video essay by Every Frame a Painting? going around a few weeks ago about why all Marvel soundtracks have all started to sound the same because of their boring, forgettable scores. From the looks of it, at least as far as the theme music, Doctor Strange won't have that problem. Well, this is just the theme. Wait till you see the scenes where, uh, you know, things are happening and mood must be evoked, etc. You know how happy that makes me that they got uh, somebody that takes the craft of a film score seriously. Yeah. Like, and, and it, it doesn't sound like anything else. No, it doesn't. I'm really excited about Dr. Strange. I am I too. Really... I can't wait. I, um, I was going to, uh, buy us tickets to the, uh, 3d IMAX premiere night for it. So, cause everybody's saying that that's the only way to see it. Like James Gunn was talking about how great it looked in 3D IMAX. So nice. You know, lately, uh, like what did, what did we see? We saw the accountant last week and it wasn't even in XD. 
It was in uh, a, one of the smaller theaters, and it was opening weekend. And I think it was the number one movie, too. And instead, The Girl on the Train was in the XD theater. Of all the movies to put in the XD theater. Girl on a Train. Yeah, but I was just like, um, they something is seriously screwed up at Cinemark. Well, they'll put the weirdest movies in XD now. That, They've been that, doing that a lot, especially around here. I, I put, think that studios are paying extra money to give it get in the big theater. I did like they the absolutely are that. because you know when Kubo and the Two Strings came out, they never even gave it a chance in the XD screen. Yeah, not at all. I tried to find it in a better theater, but I couldn't. All right, guys. Uh, Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back has come out, and it's time to read Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. Currently. Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. By the way, isn't that title ripe for being snarky in your review? Yes. Yeah. Like, Never Go Back. No kidding. Ha ha ha. I never went back when I went to take a leak. <laughs> so anyway, right now, Jack Reacher is 39% rotten. Ooh. 50- Man, that's a nosedive from 62% for the first film, which was a piss poor adaptation of probably my favorite Jack Reacher book. That's right, Bill. 57 fresh reviews, 90 rotten. Oh, dear. That's not good. So, uh, is it which... Okay, Tom Cruise returns as Jack Reacher in this sequel based on Lee Child's best-selling novel, Never Go Back, which finds the itinerant problem-solving... Itinerant. ...accused of murder and learning that he may have a child he has never met. This is, okay, right here, I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but red, wait, what would you call this? Warning light, hazard, directed by Edward Zwick, is what I saw. Oh! (laughs) Oh! Written by Edward Zwick. Oh! And Marshall Herskovitz and Richard Wink. Who? Uh, (laughs) Right. Okay, Sandy Cohen of the Associated Press says... With smolders in Yorosh on camera, almost as much as Cruz, Never Go Back doubles as the number of key women from a 2012 film. If only the story was as good. I didn't understand any of what I just read. Bill Jabiri of The Village Voice says, The feel for the epic that once gave this director's films a pop grander what did I just read is also gone. He's made a totally anonymous movie devoid of personality or interest. Okay. That's not too bad. Will Leach of the new Republic says this film has the empty sheen of a quick in and out cash grab, a movie insisting that it's a franchise while the audience yawns indifferently. Wow. What happened to Christopher McQuarrie? He's yeah. He did the last uh, Mission Impossible, and it was fantastic. He's working on the next Mission Impossible. Uh, oh. Matthew Lacona of the San Diego Reader, notable chief. Oh wait, notable chiefly. I don't. None of these people know how to start sentences, but I guess it's <laughs> mid paragraph. That's why I can't figure it out. Notable chiefly for director Edward Zwick's utter failure to make New Orleans look any more enticing and atmospheric than say Omaha. That's that's this clip of the movie review? Yeah. Adam Graham says it hums along, but it's standard issue action stuff, and the first Jack Reacher taught us to expect more than that. I'm out of here. 
Okay, let's read a good review. Come on. These guys are wrong, Bill. These, this movie's good. I know it. I wonder... <sighs> Why is it just Tom Cruise's connection to Ed Zwick <laughs> that made him be like, hey, yeah, The Ed Last Zwick. Samurai, right? Yeah, but even The Last Samurai sucked. Let's see. Chris Knight, where the first Reacher was a plotting mess, even Werner Herzog as the villain couldn't save it, this new one feels fresher and moves faster. I give it 20 stars. Chris Knight, National Post. Oh, he's looking. 20 stars? Jake Wilson of The Age says, The understated ending is downright touching, which is not something I ever thought I'd say of a cruise action sequel. 15 stars. I'm out of here. <laughs> Damn! Okay. Teresa Smith of Independent Online as sequels go, this one gives us more of the same as the first, which if you choose to watch it, it's kind of what you want, isn't it? <laughs> I'm out of here. Okay. Uh, Ann Lee Ellingson says, rushed in its storytelling and sloppy in its execution. The sequel is a rare misstep for the exacting producer movie star and could spell the end of the series. Wow. Guess what? You know why it won't spell the end? Because people are going to go see this, guys. You know they yeah. are, right? Yeah. It's going to be number one this week. Well, Peter Travers says critics were snotty in 2012 when Cruz first played Reacher because the 5'7 actor, he's not 5'7. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not 5'7. So you tell me Pete Travers liked it? Yeah, he gave it three out of four stars. Nice. And all he talked about was, okay, because the 5'7 actor is not 6'5", 250 pound bruiser of Lee Child's novels. Get over it. The admirably defiant star brings his own agility and quick wit to the role. Wow. So that's basically all he had to say about it. You know, it's kind of like, this is the kind of movie, like I watched the original Jack Reacher on Netflix. You know, I didn't go see it in theater. But I was like, you know what? It's entertaining and stuff. I've seen better action in other movies, but Tom Cruise, he's, you know, he's a charismatic guy. You know, it's okay. I could definitely see me and Heather going to watch this, eating a bucket of popcorn and just being like, oh, okay. And just leaving, you know, not thinking. But Ben Kendrick doesn't want me to see this, guys. He writes for Screen Rant, and which I like that name. Jack Reacher Never Go Back does not offer enough high-octane action or clever mystery to stand out from the glut of so-so crime movies. No, doesn't offer enough, guys. Why should I see Listen, this? if you went to see The Equalizer, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you have any problem going to see Anton the Fuqua, Jack, the Jack Reacher film. I will see every Anton Fuqua movie. But no, actually, I never saw The Magnificent Seven. Uh Catherine Monk says, an actor who doesn't seem to act as much as produce sexy moments for himself to inhabit on screen, Cruz's performance value is a function of the larger brand, sort of like Donald Trump, only Jesus. with better hair, makeup, and what the hell, man? <laughs> huh? Okay. Wow. They just veered off a cliff, didn't they? Just selling Tom Cruise as a brand. That's it. That's why you understood it. Let's see what Josh Terry thinks of this, guys. You guys know Josh, right? Yeah. No. It may not have the shoulders to carry the expectations of a summer blockbuster, but it's a solid action option as a break from the Halloween frights and based on a true story dramas that will be filling screens until the holiday season kicks in. I give it a three out of four. Go see it now. Oh, okay. 
Go see it now. (laughs) I order you. So I don't know. Okay, let's talk about keeping up with the Joneses. You guys have seen the commercial, right? It's got John Hamm. It's got Wonder Woman in it. It's got uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis and Isla Fisher in it. And it's directed by Greg Matola. He's done good movies, right? Super bad. Greg Matola. And uh um something Adventureland? Adventureland. I was about to say something land. Thank you for saving me, Bill. Uh but Peter Sobig so Peter Sub Sobzinski. Peter Serafinowitz. Yes, he says a wildly inconsequential action comedy that contains a couple of genuine laughs, but with which otherwise feels like an extended version of its own television ads. Oh. Brian Lowry of CNN says, Keeping up with the Joneses is as blandly generic as its title. A comedy that telegraphs every beat with a one-sentence description of the premise and continues the cinematic squandering of the of Zach Galifianakis since The Hangover. Now, Bill, what did Pete Travers think of this movie? He didn't see it! What? Oh, man, letting us down. I know, right? Ah, jerk. Where's the Lyles Movie Files guy? (laughs) I was about to ask. (laughs) The Lyles Movie Files. Oh, my God. Fico Canajano said... What about James Bartolini? Yes, a paint-by-numbers, creatively bankrupt comedy emerging from a studio system. That's so funny you said that right when I was looking at it. (laughs) It is largely forgotten what it means to be genuinely funny. It's tragic, guys. Okay. Do you guys want to know what Fico Cangiano says? Sure. Keeping up with the Joneses has one or two cool moments. Well, I'm going to go see it for those, dude. But ends up being a flavorless, unfunny, and disposable comedy. A great cast is wasted, and the action disappoints. It's one of the weakest comedies of the year. Oh, my God. That's pretty sad. Am I right? I guess I'm just going to have to go see Kevin Hart. What now? (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe Pete Travers didn't see this movie. What a dick. I know, right? Totally ruined this show. But he's all over seeing uh, art house films. He reviewed plenty of those. Bill, I think Scott Mendelson of Forbes said it best. I like the last 50 minutes enough to forgive the first 50 minutes. Six out of (laughs) ten. I like Scott Mendelson. What about Owen Gleiberman? Earth to movie executives. Mm-hmm. I don't executives. trust him. I love how he says this. Earth to movie executives. This is not what John Hamm should be doing. Oh, okay. Guess he should be He's shooting another idea. season of Mad Men. Yeah, too bad that's over. Bill, do you want to do some DVDs? Yeah. How awesome would that be? That would be so awesome. I, I wouldn't be able to contain myself. Let's do it, huh? Stevie, you want Let's to? Let's do it. Wait. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Ow! Let's do some DVDs. Let's do some DVDs. Let's do some DVDs. DVDs, DVDs. DVDs, HD, Blu-ray, standard definition. Yay! Woo-hoo! Shot 
your fucking mouth. Oh, my God. All right. The DVDs, everybody. All right, Bill. What do we got in the DVDs this week? Woohoo! All right. DVDs for October 25th, 2016. Holy shit. October's almost over. Uh... Let's start off with a, a, a delightful gem from uh, Disney's direct-to-video catalog, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. Beauty and the Beast. Thank you. I have to deal with the beast. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're just going to go right past that because i don't know how they're continuing the beauty and the beast storyline doesn't, doesn't he turn back yeah. into oh, a, a prince at the end of beauty and the beast uh does he does their love turn him normal is the curse broken yes all right so steven knows steven, so apparently the, cr- says, the yes, curse yes. <laughs> sure, why not? steven knows all about beauty and the beast hey here's a trivia question who did the voice of the beast in the disney film without looking? ron perlman hamill <laughs> Robbie Benson. That's right, Robbie Benson. Holy shit, man! How'd you know that? Because they mentioned it on the all uh, '80s all over podcast. Correct, mundo. That's right. I recently heard that too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Bill. Continue. Oh, don't be sorry. Don't uh, don't forget to remind me. We have two voicemails. (laughs) All right. Uh, next is a film I've wanted to see for a couple months now. I'm glad it's finally hitting Blu-ray. Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic. Oh, I remember. That's like he takes his family out into the middle of nowhere or something. Lives on a yeah. bus. Converted bus. And then, you gotta be yeah, kidding me! This is freaking fantastic! Away and it's a family drama. It's like uh, the Mosquito Coast, only not tragic. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to watching this as soon as possible because I wanted to go see it and it was in and out of the the indie theater in Columbus in no time. That's tripped a lot fantastic, baby. All right, next next Blu-ray is a film that absolutely terrified me uh in my teen years and I couldn't get the image of a creepy Old lady walking across the ceiling, and that's The Exorcist 3 on Blu-ray from Shout Factory. If I said that I wasn't scared to death right now, I'd be lying. Yeah, that part is pretty creepy, Bill. The Exorcist 3 terrified me more in my teens than the original Exorcist did in my youth. Really? Yeah. I like... Now it's probably backwards. Now, you know, the original Exorcist just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, hell yeah. Even just like a screenshot of the Exorcist, I think it's scary. (laughs) There was just something about Exorcist 3. Maybe it was George C. Scott. I don't know. But there was just something about Exorcist 3. My dad dragged me to the theater to see that, Bill. Wow. By the way, incredibly boring movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's got that scary part, but man, the movie's boring. That's why it's horrifying. Yeah, like, oh, uh, wait, so- I, I'm about to fall. Oh, my God, holy shit! And then you're scared the rest of the... <laughs> and I'm back to being bored again. Uh, next on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome, we have Hobgoblins. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! Uh, Just... You know what? When it comes to Vinegar Syndrome releases, you really can't even ask why. I won't allow it! 
All right, uh, next Blu-ray is another film that was in and out of the indie theater quicker than I could see it, and that's Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah, it's a New Zealand film with uh, Sam Neill, directed by uh, Taika Watiti, who's actually doing Thor. the Thor film. You a bounty hunter boy? Interesting. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it was a huge film. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, and it's supposed to be really, really good. So I'm You've very been happy. Been around that, uh, since we started this turd hunt. I don't have to wait much longer to finally see it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I've seen like stills of it, and even the stills make it look fantastic, don't they? I'm all for a an odd couple adventure film, and that's basically what it is. It's rough and tumble. Wild and wooly, and it's a blast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wish he wasn't such an asshole. Cruz totally endorses the Wilder people. Good. I'm all for it. Uh, next, we have Lights Out. I guess it's a horror film. Ed, please tell me that Jay Giles song is in it. <laughs> the Jay Giles song? Or is it Peter Wolf? You know, Lights Out. Uh-huh. Blast, All I know is blast, this says blast. it's from the it's the from the producer James Wan, director of The Conjuring. I like the pretty lights. So, no, that's not the blind guy. That's Don't Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the one where if you turn out the light, all of a sudden there's a figure standing there, and you're like, yeah. "Who the hell's that?" And she's like, "What?" Run at you. It's like, shit, turn the light on, if man. Don't breathe. I would be excited because we never went to see it. Don't breathe no. because he needs a lozenge or something. You know, it's just got bad breath. <laughs> oh, thank you. Patronizing laughter. All right, Bill, what else do we have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the Mad Max High Octane collection on Blu ray. Mad yeah. Max High Octane? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's uh, it's got um, Fury Road in 4K. It's got. Hey, fella, you're in Turkey. You know that? Uh, the the Mad Max uh, Black and Chrome edition, which I've been dying to see. Oh yeah, it's basically okay. It's uh, George Miller did a black and white version of the film, right? Yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. What, but it's what like it, a highly stylized black and white. That's why they're calling it black and chrome. It's like it's got this pop to it that it's not. It doesn't look. It it looks shiny. It it looks and, kind of amazing. What was that, Adam? I said and chrome when he said shiny. Raunchy, yeah. very raunchy. <laughs> And, of course, it also includes Beyond Thunderdome, The Road Warrior, and Mad Max. In in a nice little uh, V8 Interceptor collection box. You smart! Oh, Master Blaster, he complimented you there, Bill. Well, you know, I'm very... I'll take compliments from anyone, especially from from Master Blaster. Be King Arab! He's a wonderful actor, too. <clears throat> um, this is interesting. I don't buy box sets. I'll never watch Yeah, I don't I buy, buy box sets anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can... What was that, you Adam? Can... 
you can buy the the new you can buy the uh, Mad Max Fury Road special edition separately, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you can. This is just everything. Okay. Yeah, you can buy the the black and chrome. <clears throat> <edition. clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Was it? Wait, what was another? Um, the Frank Darabont movie that he released the black and white version of The Mist. Oh, Mist. The yeah. Mist. Yeah. Did anybody see that? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. When I rented it, I just turned down the the color on my TV and watched it. That it's like way. you want a black and white version? Here you go. That's a poor man's black and white version right there. It's brilliant. <laughs> that that's works, brilliant. man. It totally works. It's my guy, of course. That's what they do with wings. All right. What? Uh, the next the next Blu-ray is really the Blu-ray of the week, and All that's right. Eddie Murphy and Mr. Church. Hell yeah. What the hell's that? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Mr. Church tells the story of a unique friendship that develops when a little girl and her dying mother retain the services of a talented cook, Henry Joseph Church. It begins as a six-month arrangement, instead spans 15 years and creates a family bond that lasts forever. It's not funny! That sounds wonderful. Yeah, I think this is Eddie Murphy's, hey, hey, I'm an actor. (laughs) I need an Oscar. Yeah, I want an Oscar. I'm going to star in a film with Britt Robertson. It's going to get huge acclaim. Poor Eddie. I wonder what Peter Travers had to say about this film. Oh, I hope it's good stuff. All I know is on the front of it, it says that Eddie Murphy's a revelation. What was that? Say that again. It says Eddie Murphy is a revelation. What do you know from funny, you bastard? (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally going to pick this up and turn my TV black and white. I'm watching it black and white. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll really come across much better that way. Yeah. Uh, next on Blu-ray, we have uh, Nerve. I remember you saying Emma wanted to see this. It's not funny! Oh, yeah, this is the Emma... The Catfish Guys. The Emma Roberts movie where it's like a game where they t- dare you to do crazy stuff for money or something. And if you something. don't do it, they blackmail your family or something. Yeah. Steven, you saw the movie, didn't you? No, you I... did see it! How dare you... Steve <laughs> has Emma Roberts' obsession. He can't miss anything, whether it's American Horror Story, Scream Queens, Nerve. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Don't you dare. She's a doll. Yeah, so finally we can show this to Emma. And I just, I would have gone to see it with her. I go, hey, this, like, this movie's getting terrible reviews. It just looks like it's horrible. But I think the premise intrigued her. That's what it was. Well, it's that, you know, it, it, it appeals to the, to the, to the young kids. Don't say millennial. No, she's not a millennial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, she'd be a post millennial. Oh. <laughs> All right. And finally, uh, the last. Most unnecessary Blu-ray release of the week. We have Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Big Hairy American Winning Edition. It's Miller time. 
Oh. Because a film in 2006 needs a release and a 10-year release anniversary edition. Is this, this, yeah. I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I've seen all of the, of Talladega Nights. I know I, I think I've seen like 60% of it. I'm going to scissor kick you in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are the best thing about the movie. I'm going to jack up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are great. Those kids are freaking hilarious. I, th- I think my favorite part of that movie, though, is uh, Jack McBrayer. When they try to motivate Ricky Bobby by telling him that he died, he's like, what? Yeah, it was a terrible accident. He's dead or whatever. And he's <laughs> he's like hiding, and he, you can kind of see him. And he's like, well, he's standing right there. <laughs> no, 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 we're trying to motivate him or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I love the scene when Gary Cole, who plays his dad, tries to get him back into driving by uh, daring him to get into a car where there's a cougar inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I, I really do need ass. to see that entire film. Steven, you want to watch it with me? No. Oh, <laughs> oh come on, Steven. No. Steven oh, you know like... what? No. That's not the last Blu-ray. Oh. The last Blu-ray is, it comes out on October 28th. They're saving it for a couple days after. You know, you can't, you can't release all of this at once. It's Nash Bridges, the complete collection on Blu-ray. Six seasons, 3,600 minutes of Don Johnson and Cheech Marin. Solving crimes in the Bay Area. Get off my bridge. Get off my Nash Bridge, right? Uh huh. I remember that show. Nash Bridges was on for years, wasn't it? Yeah, I actually watched it. Oh hell yeah! Did you know Damon Lindelof got started on that show? That was like yeah. his first job. Yeah, it was Carlton Cuse's show. Hell yeah! Maybe it's worth watching. No, I think we'll skip it. Right. You just have to skip the season with Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> skip to the end. All right, Bill. That's that, Blu-rays. That's Blu-rays? All that's right, Blu-rays. Bill. Thank you so much for doing the DVDs this week. Right, Steven? Right. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And... smarts well guys thank you so much for listening i have voicemail to play the first one is from adam sexton that i have failed to play for two weeks in a row (laughs) the first time when you first sent it it was the night that i lost internet during the show remember that and i was like oh shit what do i do and i totally forgot to uh to play it and then last week we had uh ken preventure who lives in tokyo on the show and i forgot that i had a voicemail so i didn't play it now before i play this voicemail i had to re-listen to it adam to to think about what was going on in your brain two weeks ago like what was adam on about back then 
And there was this story that Swiley posted on Facebook about a humanoid in Beanfield, Ohio. An Ohio resident on Sunday said he saw a humanoid-looking creature in Allen County. I saw only the back of it, but it had human legs and ass. I could see the striations in its back. The thing was definitely muscular. (laughs) Maybe it was a human. So, uh... Bill put some pants on, is what Smiley yeah. said. <laughs> so I got to show off my muscular ass. I'm so very then, proud of it. Adam, like an air bath. Adam Sexton sent this voicemail. Let's check it out. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Sexton sending voicemail once again to the ETL crew. Good evening, Jaystrom, and good evening, Mulberry Bill. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill, the man-assed muscle beast of Ohio. Come on, guys, we need to really make that moniker stick. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to J- to the Jaystrom and Steven for allowing me to guest star on the previous episode. It was a lot of fun. We'll never have I do, that. however, apologize for certain things on my end. There was a notice- there were uh, noticeable drops in sound quality from my signal, and I think it may have had something to do with the hands-free device that I was using or Skype is continuing to suck. Also, I was dealing with uh, allergies during the live recording, so there was a lot of sniffing on my end. I probably <laughs> I sniffed more than Donald Trump did in the first presidential debate, so I'm sorry about Whoa, that. that is I uh, tend to forget that there's a mute option on my mic, so a very amateurish performance on my part, I'm, I'm afraid, but Jason and Stephen were excellent as always. Uh, I'm so glad the two of you are doing another episode tonight, and I hope that everything is going well. Yeah, we uh, too bad that I hear that Steven might not be there, so I hope he's doing okay otherwise. Yeah, he never So good it. luck on tonight's show. I will be in the chat room cheering you guys on. And Jaystrom, stop sending Mike Miller Leo Getz ideas for the Lethal Weapon show. It will ruin <laughs> the show, and you know it, and I know it. Everyone knows it. The last thing anyone wants to see or hear again is Leo attempt to do something stupid like find common ground with Riggs uh, and his loss by sharing a sad pet turtle story. Or Nobody wants that shit, and you know okay. it. Okay. okay. So anyways, uh, enough crap from me. I will see you guys later. Bye. All right. Thank you, Adam. Feel free to send a, another voicemail. I just want an entire episode sure. about how they F you at the drive-thru. They <laughs> F you at the drive-thru. They F you at the hospital. $10 for an F and aspirin. Yeah, good old Leo. How do you spell proctological? What does he say? <laughs> it's got a dum-dum wound, you guys. But uh, Adam, you- thank you for that voicemail. Sorry it took me so long to play it. That's all right. I'm was- glad we finally got that on record. <laughs> it was definitely outdated. Like, Steven wasn't here. He's here now. It just doesn't make any sense anymore, does it? No, it makes plenty of sense. Come on. Everybody's listening. They all know. Yeah. Stephen, where were you that week, by the way? My I, flight, my was, flight was messed up. Yeah, I had a yeah. mechanical delay on the plane. Yikes, mechanical delay? Wouldn't you say, well, I'm not getting on it then? No, the plane coming from Denver. They've had to fix it in Denver, uh, and then it flew up. It's like, sir, don't, not, you can't and get on then, the plane yet. Something's broken. We're going to fix it in a minute. So you just wait. It's like, if something's broken, I'm not getting on the plane. And then there weren't any on the on the same airline I was on. There weren't any more Dallas flights, so they had to book me on another airline. Snakes on a motherfucking plane! Yeah!
Have you ever seen a snake on a plane, Stephen, by the way? Not that I'm aware of, no. no. Oh, okay. Have you seen a therapy duck on a plane? No. A therapy duck, yeah. Okay, one more voice. By the way, um, that, uh, never mind. Uh, guys, one more voicemail. I'm sorry, I had to remember who this voicemail was from. <laughs> but I remember now. I, I remember. Like, if I listened to it, like, earlier today, you know, it's like a lot of stuff happens between then and now, so I kind of forget. It's like, who is it? Okay, wait, who is it, Jason? Do you remember? Don't have your notebook. Yeah. With your notes. My note? Why would I have a notebook? Or notes? You used to. Oh, that was the old days. Now I can wing it, because it's steel trap up here, buddy. Obviously not. (laughs) Obviously not. (laughs) Guess what, guys? We have a voicemail from Swiley. Let's check it out. Hey, guys, it's Swiley. I finally caught up with the most recent episodes, and I just wanted to drop you a little voicemail. Um, I think it was two episodes ago you hit on um, guacamole, of all things, and I just wanted to chime in with my two cents. Definitely go easy on the onions. I don't even put onions in mine. Um... My basic recipe is for four avocados, you want to put in about two teaspoons of salt, um, maybe a capful or that's too much a teaspoon salt. and a, a teaspoon and a half of lime juice, um, cilantro. Just shake. I don't know. Shake for about four seconds, I guess, of the little sprinkler thing. Um, and what else? I think I'm missing something. But it's really basic. And what I do is I just... Oh, hot sauce. Um, For the vinegar. Yeah, a good amount of hot, of hot sauce. And what I do is I just mix it all together. Um, get it semi-chunky. Taste it. Add salt. I'm getting hungry right taste now. Taste it. Add a little more hot sauce. And then you're good. So that's uh, Swiley's guacamole recipe. Oh, and then nice. you throw it. Um, <laughs> let's see. We were talking about film, Filmstruck, uh, the new TCM slash Criterion streaming service. I actually um, had the opportunity to beta test it, so that was really cool um, over the that summer. That is awesome. And it's a really promising site. There were some technical glitches, um, so you know it was it was in beta, and unfortunately the the launch was delayed. It was supposed to be, I think, the 19th, um, but they pushed it to November. So hopefully it will be working 100% and on enough uh, streaming platforms um, once it finally launches because they were limited. In fact, when I beta tested it, I couldn't even use it on my um, regular Android phone. I could only do it on desktop. I think they had iPhone as one of them and like Apple TV, which I guess is still around. So yeah, I hope they roll it out. And I mean, the library is going to be awesome. That's for certain. Um, I just hope, um, you know, that they've got enough device support and uh, bad Ronald. (laughs) Let's see. I think you touched on Westworld. I highly recommend that to anybody who's curious. I love the show. Um, it's I've heard it's good. Brilliantly shot, written. The performances are excellent. The cast is amazing. Um, I hope that they 
have success in the ratings or whatever HBO does to decide whether to move, you know, to uh, continue the show. I hope that they have multiple seasons, and I, I never really got into the movies, but I know they have, like, Future World and Roman World, I think, or something like that. They had, um, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, great show. And one more recommendation, it's another TV show. I don't World. think you've talked about it on Mulberry, or on uh, E.T. Uh, daily slash weekly slash monthly. Um, hey, what it's a show called Unreal. And it comes from one of the most unlikely places for a quality TV show, Lifetime. Um, it's uh, basically a parody or kind of a satirical behind-the-scenes of a reality show like The Bachelor. It's, it's basically modeled on The Bachelor. And the producers on the show are these depraved ratings maniacs all the contestants are like you know sex starved bimbos and and you know they're they're attacking each other physically and verbally i don't know it's a smart show season one that's definitely see season one it's smarter than you might think really funny um season two was very controversial among fans I thought it was okay, um, but definitely check out season one of Unreal. This has been Swiley. Talk to you later. Keep up the great work. Bye. Thank you. Sir. I am not weird. Thank you so much, Swiley. I appreciate that. And I've heard that I must watch Westworld. Heather has watched all three episodes, and she's like, why haven't you watched it yet? They're sitting there in the DVR. Watch them all today. And I'm like, oh, I'll get around to it. And I am. <laughs> I promise you I will. And today, Laura texted me. She goes, what do you think of Westworld? And I said, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. And she was like, what? Watch it. And I was like, okay, okay. And I've read things about it, and it sounds interesting. I even read – it's written by – it's created by Jonathan Nolan – and J.J. Uh, Abrams produces it. And, you know, it's based on the Michael Crichton movie, but they've turned it into their own thing. And I, uh, in the movie, there's Westworld, but there's also Roman World and Medieval World. And I think they did a spinoff later, and they yeah. had Future World or whatever. But the this show, it's kind of like they took the idea and they've turned it into their own thing, you know. And... One of their inspirations is Red Dead Redemption, the game. Like, think about the way you interact with that Western world. And I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting, you know? What if the characters that you're interacting with are like real people? They're obviously not. They're androids or whatever. But what if you're an asshole and you shoot them and kill them or whatever, you know? For your own entertainment. Sounds interesting. I definitely will watch it. And as for Unreal, I watched like the first four episodes and just something happened and I haven't gotten, but it is, it did seem good. I was entertained by it. Maybe I'll get back to that. But guys. Yeah, we have, we have okay. Westworld to watch, but we need to start uh, Black Mirror tonight. Black Mirror? Yeah, the Charlie Brooker show. Netflix oh, yeah, picked yeah, it yeah. up for its third season and it went live, I guess, last night at midnight. And That's right. everybody's. Uh, talking about it, so Natalie's never seen the first two series of it. Uh, I haven't either. But 
I don't think she needs to, since it's you know it's an anthology series. So Let me ask you this, Bill: different. like someone like me who's I've never seen it, sell it to me on why I should watch it. It is a Twilight Zone esque take on our current infatuations, whether it's sex or technology or you know, and it's it's through Mirror Darkly. You know, it's it's it will creep you out. It will, you know, even politics. There was a there was this uh, an episode where a cartoon character basically ran for political office, and he was essentially Donald Trump. Wow! You know, it's it's very it's it's very ahead of the curve. Like it it there's things that happen in the first two series that basically are happening now. You know, and it's, it's, it's brilliant. Charlie Brooker is continuously surprising me that, you know, the, here's a guy that started with, you know, like just satire and, and news and like his screen wipe series, his news wipe series, his, uh, his game series. Uh, you know, and he's just a really brilliant guy with a a lot to say when it comes to uh our current lifestyles and it's 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 a it's a really brilliant modern day twilight zone cool i'm that sounds interesting i'd like to check it out and apparently there's an episode of this in this series that really kind of concentrates on gaming uh so i'm really interested to see where he takes it there and it's called black mirror Right. Black mirror. You don't have any mirrors in your house? I, I do have mirrors in my house. Well, Bill, thank you very much for that. And guys, go see, go watch Black Mirror. <laughs> Should I watch Black Mirror this weekend or go see uh, Jack Reacher? I would watch Black Mirror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, guys, that was our show, Adam Whoa. Sexton. Whoa, wait a minute. Are we not even going to talk about the fact that there was a teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Holy shit, I forgot. Oh my god, there was too many trailers this week, man. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. I, you know, I just kind of thought... Way to go, Adam. Do you guys remember the first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer? It knocked it out of the park for the first movie. I thought it was like the perfect trailer that got you pumped up, but... uh this kind of sells you on it, like, hey, remember these guys? It even has the same Huga Chaka song in it, uh, hooked on a feeling. Yeah, it doesn't really establish a tone as much as just kind of reminding us that these characters are out there and that something is coming soon. And uh, Emma saw it first with me. She watched it first. And when they show, like, a baby Groot, you know, she did that, <laughs> like that, you know? And then later I showed it to Heather, and she did the same way, like oh my god the cute factor you know but i like that uh would you like a hug no uh, and he gives the hug i thought i said no guardians <laughs> of the galaxy is a very special place for me it's the second movie that i actually flew down there to see and we saw it what three or four times in the five days i was in texas i think we saw it three times yeah we saw yeah. it like the thursday then we saw it again on Friday, and then we saw it again like on the weekend, like a Saturday, or maybe yeah. like three days in a row. But yeah, that was awesome. I remember the episode where y'all gushed about it for a good portion of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd like to go back and listen to that, kind of relive it, because it was fun. And still, when it's like on Stars or whatever, you know, we'll yeah, sit watch and watch it. it. Yeah. It's like a lot of people go, oh, those Marvel movies, you know, they're not that great. That movie's great. You'll watch, I watch that over and over again. It's one of those kind of films that you can watch it endlessly. And that means it's special. Yeah. Yep. It's one of the special kind of films. So, uh, I definitely was excited in the trailer and uh, I like, it was a sufficiently teased, as they say. Nobody says that, do they? Does anyone you say that? You just did. <laughs> well, I'm making it into a scene. Sounds like something Peter Travers would say. I'm sufficiently teased. I'm out of here. Oh, God. I, I told oh, Jason, this- I'm not going to subscribe to Rolling Stone again until Travers is out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I want that asshole fired. <laughs> I thought I, there was like a rumor like a, a year or two ago that Travers and Yon Winter were having like some kind of a bitch fest regarding contract disputes. And I thought, Oh God, maybe this is boy finally does it. This is what gets him kicked out of there. But apparently they saw him like, Oh shit. Yep. No, he's back. They won't see Adam Sexton $6 a month. <laughs> this won't be the end. <laughs> I don't want to have a pretentious menu. <laughs> okay. What? You can't stop Peter Travers. Apparently not. He'll never he's a, die. He's a cinematic zombie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wanted to bring up, because I know Bill uh, is a big fan of the Star Wars Despecialized Editions, and uh, we there was recently a trailer, I think Sw- uh, Swally posted a trailer for the 4K uh I think someone's doing a project to do 4K remasters of the original trilogies, and uh, wanted to know if anyone saw that and what they think about it. I uh, saw it. I don't know what to think about it. I know they're using multiple 35mm uh, sources. Um, it Honestly, the trailer didn't blow me away. It, no reward is worth this. It, you know, when you have the uh, despecialized editions now, I I just don't I don't I don't feel that there's really a need for for it right now. I mean, I appreciate it. I know what they're going for. I know you know 4K sets are becoming more prevalent. Star two unit has a bad motivator. Look, but I just wasn't. I was like, okay, and. I mean, good on you guys. Great job. Good work. Yeah, Bill, you sent me that despecialized one a while ago, and it's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. I had no complaints. I was wowed by it. But if they want to keep improving it, that's cool. I mean, they yeah, can't I'm all sell them. I'm all for it. Isn't that true? They can't sell these. They have to give them away when they do them, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is this is work for the love of it. Yeah. But I mean, you know what? Just showing that one little clip from the opening of them in the hallway and just on that guy, uh, I couldn't tell. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't really make a determination whether it was worth it. I know they're going to have to do more than just a a new transfer of it. There's got to be some color correction to it. <clears throat> Where are you going? So I mean it's it's very early and I mean I'm I'm all for it but just that trailer itself didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. 
But that stuff needs to exist, though, because I don't. It has to exist until Disney owns up and sees what they have, and the the fans want it. These things need to happen. Definitely, I I want it to be out there so it can be watched, uh, unless they ever make nice and do it. But I think Disney right now, they're just interested in making new Star Wars films, you know? But they could make so much by redoing it. Yeah, they definitely could. If they said, here's the original movies before they were specialized, and here you go, they're on sale, they would make so much money, guys. Well, um, they would still have to strike a deal with Fox, would they, because Fox still owns distribution rights? I don't know. Yeah, I would have to assume so. Ah, But that's, hey... I give up a little bit of millions to get the billions, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. You know what I'm saying, huh? You know what I'm saying, Steven? Yes, sir. No, I'd like my money back now. No, oh, okay. Anything else, Adam? No, I can't think of anything. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for inviting me, sir. You're welcome. And uh, Stephen and Bill, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys about film, video games, and pop culture. <laughs> always. Uh, what else you. are we going to talk about? The election? <laughs> no, I'll just watch John Oliver. By the way, guys, I am voting on Monday, like, as soon as I can. I voted. I'm done. I don't want to hear anything else. About I did my part. Okay, and turn on a podcast about video games. You know, that's the way I'm going to be, but... I think everyone should get out there and vote. I will say that. I'm endorsing voting. I'm not endorsing politics in any way. I don't want to talk about it, but I do think we should all do that, right, Not Steven? everyone should vote. People who know things should vote. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, not <laughs> stupid people. Oh, I see what you're saying, Stephen. <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for the voicemail, Adam Sexton. And Swiley. How great are those guys? If you guys would like to visit the show, go to etlandfill.com. There you can find previous shows and links to places like our Facebook fan club. <laughs> or follow us on Twitters. Steven's always tweeting crazy stuff, you guys. So much. So offensive, too. Uh, <laughs> also, we always if- know when he's home and when he's not. <laughs> If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash landfill. There you will gain access to different things, and you will be supporting the show, and I thank you very much for that. Also, guys, t-shirt shop. You guys want to buy an Entertainment Landfill t-shirt? You can do so. Just click on that picture of a t-shirt on the right side of the website, and you can do that. It should be awesome. I need to actually uh, advertise that more, like on Facebook and stuff. I just haven't had time to, but... Uh, I'm going to order some shirts for myself and try, try them out. You know, it's going to be my new uniform, Steven. I just wear it all the time. Different colors. Mm-hmm. Just plug it. And uh, stuff like that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening to the show. Woohoo! Thank you, Bill and Steven and Adam. I already thanked you guys. What am I doing? But uh, can't wait to get out there play the Nintendo Switch, play some Red Red Dead Dead. Redemption 2, go see the Han Solo Star Wars movie, and uh, stuff like that. What else? Watch Joss Whedon's new Star Wars film. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Or Black Widow movie. Watch Logan. Yeah, or Black Widow movie, whatever he decides to make. Watch the new Blu-ray of Hobgoblins. 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch the new Blu-ray of Hobgoblins in black and white. It's like, Turn that color down. It's it's turned from a shitty movie into art. Shitty art. Beautiful. It's like Nosferatu now. Beautiful. Is Nosferatu a good movie, by the way? Can't tell you. You can't tell me? <laughs> the acting is wonderful. All right, guys, that's our show. Go do all those things, and we'll see you next time. Woohoo! Thank you, guys. That was another episode of Entertainment Landfill News with your hosts, the Jaystrom. Stephen the Pop Culture's Elliot Mulberry Bill the Mulberry Historian and special guest Adam Sexton, they are available for local mall openings. Now this is podcasting. podcasting.